Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight on Sweet Liberty. Today is Wednesday, and it is the 20th of... 21st. 21st. 21st of June in the year 2006. And I'm glad you've uh, joined us today. I hope you're having a nice day. I hope you're having nice weather. Uh, it's dull and almost dark all day. Well, this has been a lovely day here, yeah. Alan. Our spiritual message tonight, once again, is from the uh, Course in Miracles from the text. This is a quote that we've all heard. Know thyself. There is nothing else to seek. Yes? That's pretty well it. That's pretty well it, isn't it, Alan? Yeah, it's the only thing you can actually find. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of it is endless. Uh Uh-huh. So... Uh, we haven't spoken until just a couple minutes ago. Is there anything particular that is on your mind uh, that you want to bring up tonight? Or? The only thing is really is the hullabaloo on all the radio shows about uh, the, the NAFTA highways. Yeah. As though it was a brand new idea. Um, even though it was discussed in the 1980s openly in the newspapers, when they did the free trade negotiations. And uh, what you realize eventually is that most of the public sleep through everything. They they do sleep through things. Mm -hmm. They slept through the transfer of industry to China after the GATT Treaty. Um, And their their attention is only drawn to something uh, when when they're told to think about it. Well, this, uh, this email is going all over the Internet. Mm-hmm. And, um, geez, I remember six or seven years ago we were discussing the NAFTA highway. Uh-huh. And a, 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 a particular situation that happened, we were having Tim Clem on with us. He was the facilitator mm-hmm. from Xerox Corp- Corporation's former facilitator. Yeah. He was explaining the um, uh, total quality management uh Guiding you to the conclusion. Thank you, yes. There's several names for it, Group Dynamics. He was explaining it to us. Well, he was due to come on the air, and I got a call from him just a few minutes before the broadcast. He said, I'm not going to be able to make it. We've we've had a tornado that uh, ran through here. He was in Oklahoma City, and he said we've never had such a series of storms in history. And um, when he did come on with us a few days later, he was telling us, Alan, listen to this. Uh, they were bringing the NAFTA highway down uh, to Oklahoma City. They were going to bypass Oklahoma City, and in the bypass, it was going to take out a community. Mm-hmm. Their community, and Tim Clem, uh, being an expert in that, was in the group that was opposing it, and they were being successful. And guess where the tornado hit, mm. that community. Yeah. And I often wonder, because I really didn't follow up on it, but at that time I thought, you know, this just it's too coincidental to be a coincidence. Yeah, and especially when they published, even before that, Lutru Brzezinski, the fact that future wars will be fought with weaponry of, of the weather yeah. and so on, storms. Right. Yeah. Right. So the, as you said, the NAFTA, this NAFTA uh, highway is not a new thing, but it is true that it hasn't been spoken of lately, and 
Well, so that's how quickly the public go to sleep. In fact, they slept through the, the negotiations as though it didn't affect them. That was what was astounding. See, technically, the big boys always legally will tell you. Um, it's just that they, they don't tell you to worry about it. And that's what Brzezinski said. The public will not think about something unless they're told to by yeah. the media. And so this is uh, understood, this, this form of psychology. Uh, we worry about the things they tell us to worry about. There's no point in worrying about something after it's done. Well, let me ask you this. Is this on mainstream media? Uh, the, the, it was then. Um, I'm sure it's probably on... Very no, but I mean today media. you said it's a big hullabaloo on... Is oh, it's shortwave. I mean, it's all shortwave. Okay. And unfortunately, shortwave concentrates on the effects after the cause. Right. And it, and it's too late, uh, howling about it when it's going to place. You're just seeing the side effects of it now. Yeah. Uh, the same as, as the done deal that uh, the border between Mexico and the U.S. would eventually come down, and other South American countries, too. So... Uh, I mean, you're seeing the effects, and that's the only time that people uh, get startled is when they think their way of life is being threatened immediately, you know. Yeah, well, you know, that is true to a point, mm -hmm. uh, but there are uh, people who have exposed these things, and it isn't that they go to sleep on it. Uh, Alan, for example, I talked about regional governance mm -hmm. probably for two years. Yeah. I was on other broadcasts as a, as a guest. We had a regionalism document packet, mm -hmm. uh, had a lot, a lot of response. Regionalism is alive and well. Mm -hmm. And um, and it isn't necessarily, I didn't go to sleep on regionalism, but I had covered it so heavily and to keep on harping on it. But we see what they do is they keep presenting new things for people to talk about. And worry about, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so... Uh, not to put all the blame on, quote, sleeping people. Uh, they just keep bombarding. You, you you can't cover. And then if you do cover all the news, that's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like Robbie Noel? Yeah. He used to sit and go, and so did Rick uh, Wildstein uh, that was on shortwave there. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all they did is sit and go through the news. Yeah. Blow people's minds away, but... What are those people going to do about it? Yeah, it's after the fact, after the event. Yeah. And it's, it's screaming howl and beating your breast when you see the effects. But the fact is, and um, this stuff has been published for, for well, Karl Marx talked about the amalgamation of the different continents in the 1800s, you know. Yeah, but, uh, Alan, and I don't mean yeah, but I shouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. See, we appreciate the information you bring to us. Yeah. You have had access and, 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 and made yourself aware and knowledgeable. Uh, uh, you had resources and information that we didn't have access to. And maybe it wasn't that people didn't care at the time. You see what I'm saying? Well, they do, they, they do have access to them. How? If they'd gone into their, their, their libraries and researched this kind of dry material... I know, but if you don't know about it, how do you know to research about it? Because the, the thing is, there's got to be reasons for things, big, big movements, world movements. There's always reasons for them. They don't come into existence and become big unless they're authorized. And uh, that's how the people are led by the pipers and the dialectical yeah. uh, arguments, in fact. They've got to have sides created to oppose each other and then have a synthesis. Yeah. 
and, and when you understand that, you've got to read the dry stuff uh, to get the, the nitty gritty. And you always know what's coming because sure as blazes, they always publish it, you know. And uh, as I say, you see, in reality, we don't have much of a say in this system. No, well, that's not my our thought system. here. Yeah, it's not our system. Uh, I'm going back to regional governance. Mm. I didn't know about it, but it was it was known about uh, almost from the get go. Uh-huh. There were certain people that were sounding the warning bell. Uh, As far back as 1970s, Mm -hmm. uh, the Illinois State Legislature set up a special committee to study the effects of regional governance. I have three huge books, 707-some pages of transcript from those hearings. And what the legislature came up with is that we better damn stop it here. Mm -hmm. And so what they did is they passed a bill. No, yeah, they did. They passed a bill They said to set up a, a, a committee to study regionalism, to stop any further form of regionalism in Illinois, and to begin to undo regionalism that had already been put in place. Yeah. Well, the governor vetoed it, and there weren't enough votes. There weren't. But this, this was the result of people that were involved and in talking to these legislators and bringing them information, and enough people putting the pressure on that they did it. And yet, it got vetoed by the governor. Yeah. And um, so there you go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is we don't real people don't realize that, that this is not their system. <laughs> There's a control mechanism at the top, right? And, and they make sure of it. That's how they never lose control. That's why they can plan something a hundred years before and bring it into effect. They they always make sure they have their own people at the top. Well, of course. Yeah. Controlled opposition. Yes, and you know yourself, and you've spoken about it before. You have these United Nations um, associations of police chiefs, for instance. Yes. And there's ones for mayors now. Oh, everything, Alan. Mm-hmm. Chiefs of police and mayors. Rose, everything. Uh, okay. They have they have international uh-huh. uh, associations for just about yes. every, and they do have national associations for every elected official, mm-hmm. uh, from state legislators to legislative aides. Yeah. They've got them all. And that was the reason they set up the United Nations. It was it was bit by bit to take over every aspect yes. of, of your your life, really. Yes, yes. And they have been at it and working at it. And uh, and when they signed that deal, the UN deal, that was really the end of of the old system, which the uh, the big boys also controlled. This is just the updating of their system to the new system. And for any of our listeners that might not be aware of it, in case we have any new listeners because I have said this, uh, the United Nations, of course, previously was the um, uh, League of th- Nations. Th- the League of Nations. Prior to that, it was the League to Enforce Peace. Yeah, and before that, it was the, the Concert of Europe. Okay, and uh, uh, people believe, I think, and I can relate to this because, Alan, when I first woke up and became involved, mm-hmm. I believed things that I read because people wrote them with, you know, a certain amount of authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 it is kind of a given or a, an accepted thing that we, that we, um, how did they, oh, we, we signed a treaty, that charter, yeah. that was a treaty with the United Nations. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it, a treaty that was signed with the United Nations. Yeah. Uh, all, all the U.S. did was enter into a membership because treaties in the United States 
are made between governments. That's right. And um, and all they did was say, okay, we're going to become a member of this non-governmental association. Yeah. Well, actually, the United Nations calls itself intergovernmental uh, organization. That's right. And all the other ones uh, that are in it are non-governmental organizations. Right. And that's actually the Soviets. That is the real Soviet. Uh, because the, the Soviet uh, the system, Soviet, um, meant that it was, a, it was ruled by uh, NGOs or councils. Yeah. And and that is how the United Nations is comprised. Is along those same lines. Yes, it is. We have a. I, I, I believe we mentioned this before. I've mentioned it before. Uh, in our UN section at SweetLiberty.org, mm-hmm. we have a piece that I transcribed from right from the source. Uh, I think it was back in the early 40s, mm-hmm. and um, or it might have been the late 40s because they were already, you know, doing the UN. We we know they were doing it during the Second World War, but anyway, it was called Peace by Pieces, yeah. and how the non-governmental uh, organizations, the NGOs, were going to uh, become well, not the voice of the people, but basically, it is the United Nations. That's right. And, of course, the NGOs, the biggest ones, the authorized big boys, NGOs, are not little grassroots movements. No. They have buildings and staff and, 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 and two or three or more floors per, per NGO uh, that pretend to speak on behalf of the public, and they're funded by the great foundations. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce is one of the biggies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts of America yeah. are... Uh, That's part why of they the set them up, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. And the, and, and, and the YMCA's. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's you, anything that would grab the young especially, because, uh, I mean, most of people go through their lives, and once they're married or they're in their 20s or 30s, they're into the system. And from then on, it's just a rush, a mad rush until they retire. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they always go for the young ones and give them a, a slightly different, modified system to keep them apart in the generation gap, which is encouraged. Sure. And, um, and so they can always, and the young ones always adapt so quickly. If they're born into the system, which is different from their parents, they adapt to everything in it so quickly and naturally, they don't question it. And then the ones that come after them are the same to the next step, to the next step. Yes. And, and that's how they do it. Yes. Yeah. Give us the children. Give us the young. Yeah. We ha- Okay, here I am again. There's a piece in our children's section, and it is the very first piece. It's a statement by, oh, shoot, Compt, mm-hmm. August, uh, August Compt. Yeah. And he said, give us the young. Yeah. Right. And, and we will change the world. Yes. And folks, it's at in the children's section at SweetLiberty.org. Uh, we, you know, we've got some mighty powerful information in there. It's a, the the website is huge, I think, Alan. Mm-hmm. But it is a really good research website yeah. uh, for the, you know in the different sections. And folks, uh, of course, Alan's website, Cutting Through the Matrix, is linked there, but you can get directly. To Alan by going to cutting through the matrix, and oh, we haven't talked about this. There is a new audio slash video uh, that was posted. What was it? Uh, Sunday night, Alan? On Sunday, Sunday, yeah. On Sunday, and um, it, it it is a speech. It is an audio speech 
I mean, actual speech that John uh, F. Kennedy gave um, April 24th, was it, Alan? Yeah, on, on the 61. Yeah. And um, at, what he was saying in this speech, folks, was that he was, he was not going to allow, to the extent of his power, he was not going to allow secret societies to exist. And if you haven't, Alan has commentary before and after, and the speech is there, you will want to hear it. Alan, I literally listened to that thing at least four times. Yeah. Uh, well, be, because, of course, the language that he used, he didn't come out and say, you know, the Freemasons and... But he, yeah, because it's all encompassing. It, it also included the big boys, you know, the, yes. the Bilderberg type, the Club of Rome, um, all the great foundations, because he was linked to these people through the money. Uh, he understood the agenda and uh, the great foundations. Even even Weishaupt mentioned using philanthropy, meaning people with big bucks or organizations, to to force a direction in the world. And that's what they've been doing for a long, long yeah. time. And he was giving the speech to the press club, was it? Yeah. And, you know, one this of the... Is, this is the same Associated Press, remember, uh, that uh, the public scratching their heads and saying, well, why was he killed? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, right, exactly. And yet here he is uh, talking about... Uh, yeah, but how many out. people do you think ever heard that speech? Um, you heard it, you remembered it. That was on the BBC. Years that was ago on the BBC because it was a link at the time to a, a, an oddball documentary on Freemasonry, and they showed that speech at the time. That's amazing. And it was the same year, in fact, that uh, I, I went to a friend, a school friend's uh, wedding, his, his sister's wedding, and it was held in a Masonic lodge. And uh, because it was like synchronicity, where things come together at the same time. Uh, the speech and the Masonic uh, exposure um, documentary, and going to that Masonic uh, with, with, a, with a function that they held, the wedding function, reception, um, that the father of the bride, who was drunk, uh, <laughs> uh, lifted first his son up to the keyhole, which was about eye level of an adult, into this room, and it lifted me up, and uh, I saw the all-seeing eye on the east. Uh, it's all coming down from the, the roof on a pipe. Wow. Uh, and this big, huge eye. And below it was a sort of pyramid thing, a step pyramid. And uh, that stuck in my head like synchronicity. Yeah. 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 And that's when I started looking into the secret societies, because these lodges were all over the place. Remember when he mentioned the press as the one-party press? Yeah. Uh, that was quite telling, wasn't it? Well, it's true. It's, it's I not know really it is. What we think of as parties, um, to me, there are no sides. There's only one. System. Right, exactly. Basically, yeah. that's what he was saying. Yeah, it's a system. Yeah. Well, when Republicans are in, they bash Republicans. When uh -huh. Democrats are in, well, it depends on what they're doing, mm -hmm. uh, what their handlers are having them do, I guess I should say. Yeah, because at least these people, remember, most of them on the federal levels, they're all millionaires. They all have the shares in the same corporations. Yeah. They know the future agenda. That's why they do their investments and so on into those big uh, corporations. They know where the world is going to go. And uh, they put on this, this dog and pony show for the public. Lining their pockets. They line their pockets. And, and there's nothing new in that. If you look at the histories of Britain, it was such a, 
Well, what do you think they did in Rome, Alan? It's, yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 And that's why even the, Ro the Roman Senate was called the Senate. And the Senate is an Egyptian word that means the chessboard. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did you tell us so. that before? I don't know. Uh, chessboard? Yeah, I think I've mentioned it before. Because that's what the chessboard was called in Egyptian. And, of course, that's why even in Britain now they have the, the black and white squares and the, mm. the House of Lords. That's, an, that's an Egyptian so. word? Uh-huh. Oh, my. Yeah. Chessboard. Oh, Alan. That's why you have the black and the white, the profane, and those in the light. So uh -huh. white and black. You see. And those that they say are in the light are the ones that are in the dark, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. So they control... Uh, the, the real world and, and, they, and they give a different version for the profane those who are in the dark and that's why the owl of course Sophia Wisdom uh, is, is one of their high symbols because it's the owl that sees in the dark the land of the blind it's all Masonic yeah. uh, it's high occultic really well I listened I told you this uh, is that archived your broadcast that you did uh, Sunday night on Feet to the Fire um, at, uh, Ash, I think it's going to be streaming. It's been showing in different places uh, in different countries. And no, I'm not talking about the t television thing. Oh, what? Oh, uh, Feet to the fire, fire, the one you did uh, uh, 10 to, was it? Yeah, 12. 10 to 12 uh -huh. uh, Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I think that's going to be up on... Uh, on the website now, I think. Uh, your website? I, I think so. Okay, well, I would like to urge our listeners to go and listen to that. It was excellent. Uh -huh. And I, as I told you, I thought the, the host, uh -huh. I mean, you, you, you could hear his intelligence, his sincerity. He just sounded like a for real guy, Alan. Yes, uh, he was interested for sure. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. He was interested in, in that... Uh, uh, also, that TV one um, will be broadcast on the 25th, I think. It's been shown in some countries as well. Uh, that was the, the out there one, yeah, uh -huh. out there. And once it's once it's been broadcast, I'll put that up on the site too. Uh, Jason will put it up. Yeah. Cool. Um, and he asked you a question that was really the same question that I had asked you mm -hmm. because it has been kind of confusing why mm -hmm. are they letting you say all these things yeah, yeah. and would you respond uh, tell our listeners how you responded to that uh, I think I said on that one it was uh, uh, really uh, that they're so called sure themselves yeah. now that they really don't care mm -hmm. uh, they know that the public's off balance with everything else that's going on and people generally look at their immediate needs or fears or whatever, uh, so they can always keep them off balance about the coming bird flu or whatever, you know. Um, whatever really the next... Care. They're, they're, they're terribly sure and arrogant. Of they're very arrogant right now, in fact. Well, in the protocols of the elders of Zion, they say that there will come a time that uh, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Mm -hmm. Now, that is arrogance. I mean, when we look back, well, I can't look back the way you do, but from what, you know, you have shared with us, um, they've tried this over and over and over again. And maybe they haven't been as close this time. 
that's what you said before that you had a sense that because they didn't have as high technology as they do today, but they've never been successful. Well, maybe it's a saving grace in a sense. Uh, their defect is their craving for power. Uh huh. It's abnormal. I mean, it's not normal. It's beyond the norm. And uh, because of that, it, their ego is incredibly huge. And there's only going to be one one throne here for the world. And each one of the big boys wants to be seated there, you see. I see. So their Achilles heel is always when they start fighting each other. They're not concerned about the little people. Um, although the little people can take a terrible beating as the titans dance around in their death rows. But it's very possible they'll start on each other eventually. And another saving grace is, as you said, when enough people wake up to it uh-huh. and become enlightened, self-enlightened, if you will, because that's the only way it's going to happen. Although people like you uh, who share the information and plant the seeds, Alan, uh, maybe begin that search, that seeking of knowing thyself, because there's nothing else to seek. Yeah. Um, when enough people uh, are enlightened and will it to be another way, it can be another way. Uh, yeah, but it takes an awful lot of work uh, because I, I never said I want to, I want, I'm here to, to save the system. You most people truly want to save it. I'm not talking about saving the system. Yeah. You know that. See, most people really, and that's why they listen to the short, the big shortwave uh, stations. we got to save the country, take our country back. Let, let, let's just stop time here. Don't want to get any worse. Right. Let me live my life out the way I, I want it to be, and, and then you can start time again. I mean, it's bad enough now, but just don't let it get any worse. Yeah. Because I can handle it. I'm still alive. Yeah, and I've got my hobbies and I don't, yeah. you know, and so mm-hmm. on. So that's what they really want. And they don't realize that, that, that even the system we live in today was manufactured this way. However, we're talking about the masses. Mm-hmm. And there are those who, for some reason, have escaped that. Uh-huh. Those are the ones that this message is for, aren't that's, they, That's Alan? exactly right, yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, the ones who prove... Uh, uh, died a thousand deaths, as they say, and that's been uh, you die off to everything that you you, you thought was. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's not easy either, you know. I know. That's a real journey. That's a real trip. And yet you have to do it. Yeah. To, to to really understand who you are and what life is all about, um, you have to die to all the things that you took for granted. Yes. Uh, and you have to question them all first before you can get there. And you realize, my God, there's nothing in this system that really that's natural. Yes, and I think, I just have always felt this, that people who are listening to Sweet Liberty, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be listening if they weren't at least potentially mm-hmm. part of that uh, realm of people who are seeking truth, who want truth, yeah. and are willing to accept and face it no matter how hard it is. Oh, how hard it is. And there is a, a time of disorientation. Uh, and I know you recall this when I, Alan literally, and it seemed like it lasted for weeks, I, 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 I was walking around and doing things and feeling like I wasn't here. Yeah. 
because anything I looked at, everything I looked at, it just wasn't real. And you said, well, that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Let it all go and let all of the the American dream, Mm -hmm. Alan, they said it right, didn't they? They gave us a dream. They made it the right thing. They said, it's a dream, folks. And we said, oh, the American dream, only in America. And I cried, you know, when we were singing the national anthem. When you're as into the system as I was that way, and I bet you a lot of our listeners are or were, it is. It's not an easy thing to do. And yet once you're out of it, um, there is a freedom. And we are going to take about a three-minute break here. And so, folks, uh, we'll be back after this with Alan Watt. So, we give up our dreams, Alan? Yeah. Our American dream? Mm-hmm. What did they give you guys in Canada? Uh, they had a bit, of the, uh, a bit closer to the American dream. They had more of the material substance for a while. But, of course, the agenda had a different uh, future envisaged. Mm-hmm. And, um, in fact, at the end of World War II, so many factories had been built in Canada to deal with the war production. Oh, that Canada was rated even by the UN as to be one of the world's leaders in industry. Even even above the U.S. Uh, at that time. My. And and because it was a socialist country under the British Commonwealth already the same system. Uh-huh. So they'd used this public-private deal long before we heard of it here, or in the states, and they'd take the taxpayers' money and build all the factories. But the, of course, there are different plans scheduled for Canada, and they actually started to deindustrialize. Back in the back in the, the late seventies. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, did About they? At the same time as they were deindustrializing Britain and killing the family farms here. Oh, yeah. In America. Yeah. Because and of course the United States, um, you never get the truth on anything. Uh, you, you know, people who work for government swear the oath to the secret to the secret oath, basically for the for their service. And uh, they're under the Official Secrets Act. And so you, they, they know there's an agenda at all times. Wait, say that again. Uh, everyone who works in government takes in, the oath. In U.S. government, too? Yeah. They take a secret oath? It's an, it's an oath to secrecy uh, that they must keep everything. In Britain, it used to be 35 years after retirement. You couldn't speak. So in other words, you'd be dead. You mean uh, if I became a U.S. congressman, uh-huh. I'd have to make an oath? Uh, uh, take an oath of under yes yeah, under national security. Oh my! And you see, you don't understand what they're talking about when they say national security. Yeah. And it's a corporate state that you know nothing about as uh, members of the public. Right. And and of course they have the agenda for that nation, and so they they cannot disclose it. So we always find out fifty years after the fact as to uh, when this part or that part was signed or or or, or right. you know. We're always way behind in reality, our reality. Well, and not not only that, but think about this. Mm-hmm. They continue to change their definition of national security. Yes, because in, in <sighs> democratic countries, uh, democracy has always been flexible. <laughs> and securing the homeland. I know. You know, Alan, when I saw that phrase, uh-huh. we're securing the homeland, mm-hmm. you look up the word secure. Yeah. 
it's just it's they're they're securing their property, so to speak. You fix it. You you tie it. Yeah. Yeah. To secure something. It is, has nothing to do with securing the people no. or offering some type of protection, whatever. Uh-huh. I mean, it's all such a sham, but just look up the doggone word securing, and we're securing the homeland. And then you have to say, whose homeland? Yeah. When was America ever referred to as the homeland? And, and, and no doubt somewhere in the federal government there will be a, a legal definition of what they mean by that. Yeah. And that's what someone can, can do a search and find out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they will have a legal definition of it, yeah. You know, I have something I'm going to email you mm-hmm. and ask you to take a look at it. I've been getting emails from the Homeland Security Investment, uh-huh. and I sent it over to Darren. And I said, Darren, would you please look at this? It, it, it looks like, I mean, what else could be called Homeland Security? Uh-huh. And I keep getting these emails about all the good investments and how their investments have grown and et cetera. Uh-huh. And it's it's the Homeland Security Investment. Really? Yeah. And I thought, well, here we are, a separate corporation from the U.S. Government Incorporated. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'll send it over to you and see if you can, and Jason can take a look at it and see. Darren just thought it must be not something that was actual connected with the Department of Homeland Security. Uh-huh. But who... What company would have the right to call themselves Homeland Security? Well, an authorized one, because like Federal Express, it's not federal, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, or even the, the Treasury. It's the same sort of thing. It's, uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, most things are actually privately owned, as you know. Yeah. In fact, it's all public-private deal. This was discussed back in the 1950s. Uh, Public-private partnerships? It was a general from NATO. He, he talked about the future armies being basically private armies mm. um, owned by corporations, you know, oh my. secure um, various um, mineral wealth, etc., in different countries. So most things are really private today. That's why you're a private when you join the army. You're now owned. You're, you're privately owned. And that's why you own dog tags. Yeah. I mean, you wear dog tags. Yeah. And, of course, that's really what it means. It's like everything is done through this corporate structure and corporate legalism, through, through the names that were given, even the country's names, etc. And, uh, and, and even Washington, D.C., you know, it's a, it's a corporation. So everything's done through, through private corporations, really. And because they rule over the public doesn't mean it's, it's, it's your system. It's actually their system. It's a private system. You know... Um that one, oh, I know what it was, Greg Szymanski. Mm-hmm. I listened to that. Uh-huh. And, you know, they were talking so much about the Jesuits. Uh-huh. Sort of like, okay, it's all the Jesuits. Oh, yeah. Well, Alan, I read Tupper Saucy's book. Uh-huh. And unless he fabricated all of the uh, bibliographies and footnotes, and uh, they they could lead one to believe that the Jesuits were behind everything. Yeah, yeah. You remember years ago I said to you on the on the radio, I said if you look into um, it's this group, it's that group, it's whatever group, you'll find lots of books to back it up. Yeah. And if you read them all, they'll all appear to be right. Yeah, exactly. Facts. And and that's when you realize it, it's all true because 
because there's only one big group running them all. Yes. Uh, and, and that is how, how, how power is always... So e- each of the different societies have their different um, uh-huh. little uh, deals that they're going to work. Yeah. He sent me his book, and he said, if I didn't like it, would I please send it back? Uh-huh. Well, I had so many <laughs> highlights and notes, and uh, and I get to the... I mean, I was really fascinated with this book. Mm-hmm. Then I get to the end of it, and he says... We have exactly the government that we're supposed to have. Uh-huh. You know, it's God's plan. Oh, God's plan. Because we've gotten so evil uh-huh. that we have an evil government. Okay. And so everything that's happening is because we're all so evil. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, shit, excuse uh-huh. my language. <laughs> and I looked at this book and I thought, well, I can't send this back to him. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I had marked it all up. But yeah. what a farce, Alan. Uh, it's a farce because government can only exist when it has what appears to be enemies um, who threaten you as an individual member of the public and they can stand up as a government and say look we're here to protect you but we'll have to tax you and we'll have to uh, organize you in a different way to defend you and take care of you so the more enemies you appear to have the better and of course you cannot in this day and age and it's been like this for a long long time you cannot have secret organizations working independently it's impossible not to be infiltrated. It's impossible. Yeah, oh, it yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. And, and they've been like that for centuries. And that's, they're all really one, but they keep the semblance going. So to keep the public always confused. Well, and they keep the front man, the uh, outer portico, so to speak. And the public wants someone they can identify with. Right. So if you're Protestant, you'll go for a Protestant leader, Catholic for the Catholic leader, um, Jewish, go for the Jewish leader. A black go for the black leader yeah. and so they make sure they supply all the leaders and and sure enough uh, whatever your belief is your culture your creed uh, there's someone out there to lead you <laughs> yes take your pick as it reminds me of the council for national policy uh-huh. all those phony conservative Christian conservative leaders mm-hmm. uh, they I, I noticed this when you look at the list of names mm-hmm. of all the organizations like you know, Larry Pratt, Gun Owners of America, and Phyllis Schlafly, and uh, I won't go on and on, but I thought, well, each of them has an agenda. Uh-huh. And each of them is a is a bell for somebody's button. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, the right to, to lifers go for Eagle Forum, yeah, and yeah. the right to carry and bear and carry arms is... Uh, That's what I'm saying. All these pipe pipers come out. And, and if you watch them carefully towards the end, they all start going in the same direction before they merge. <laughs> and they bring all their followers with them. Yes. And the followers end up saying, how did we end up here? <laughs> yes. And, and so that's what I'm saying. Whatever you want to believe in, it's like walking into a, um, a big store, a tailor's store for a suit. Uh, it doesn't matter what size you are, yeah. what height you are, breadth you are, there's one there for you ready to yes. take your pick. You'll find something. Uh-huh. And they provide it for us. And that's been done for centuries and thousands of years, in fact. That's why Mystery Babylon, it was hard to pinpoint. That's what they called it, Mystery. Well, what was Mystery Babylon? What is Mystery Babylon? Mystery Babylon is everything for everyone. Really? It's, uh, so you'd have a, a bunch of not those priests over in the west there. No, it's the ones in the east over there. Uh, oh, it's those ones to the north. Oh, it's the New York City. It's the Catholic Church. Uh-huh. 
Are you talking about Mystery Babylon and Revelation? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, even before Revelations, I mean, Babylon w was a complete system of, of all religions, uh, degrees of truth, secret societies, etc. You mean Babylon itself at yeah. the time? Uh -huh. Wow. Sciences of all kinds. And, and so it was hard to, to put it down into Babylon as blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it was everything. It was an entire system of economics, uh, social control, uh, war policies, foreign policies, everything. Yeah. And now, is it true that where Iraq is is what Babylon was? Uh, it was in that area, yeah. I mean, that well, then, true. do you think that that's connected with why, you know, the minute that they, quote, invaded, uh -huh. uh, that they went into the museums and oh, all the archives. We even talked on the air before that happened, remember? And they just showed a television program here on CBC, I think it was CBC, and it was about investors in New York and in Louisiana uh, who were already taking bids for the antiques which they would steal from the museums in Iraq. Oh and my. these were big multimillionaires. These were the these were the go getter guys. Well, and and, and then the really really big guys uh -huh. would get a hold of the ancient manuscript. But here's the kicker, Jackie. They knew before the, the American military went in and eventually got to there. Now it tells you that. You mean was this some... was before they went into yeah, the war? Yeah. yeah. And, and but they, these guys had already taken the bids. They were quite sure they'd get what they wanted. Oh How my. would you be able to say that unless you had contacts in the CIA uh, who would go in with the troops and wow. cordon off the museums and take the pick? Wow. That's how it had to have been done. That's how it had to Because have been done. It, it really is a bedrock of civilization, isn't it? it it's ancient. Even Bill Clinton, when he was in, uh, I don't know how many thousands of cruise missiles were going over into Iraq every few years. That's when they had the embargo and they were starving them all to death. Alan, they were uh, they were doing uh, bi-weekly bombing runs. Yes, but they were also putting all these cruise missiles from ships. And I used to wonder, because most of them were hit landing in the desert. Oh. And I said, there's nothing there. And, and But there was something there. There was ancient sites there, archaeological oh, sites. Oh, wow. And uh, they were destroying evidence, which would probably knock religions, etc., out the window. Uh, that's what I think. Say that again. That they were hitting ancient archaeological sites uh -huh. and digs, and uh, that would what did you say? Knock a lot of the religions out the window. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize how powerful a tool that the established religions have always been. I'm sure which the Dead Sea Scrolls would have done. Oh yeah. When if if the Dead Sea Scrolls were found as they said they were. Mm -hmm. You think about this. They were held under lock and key for 50 years, Alan. Why well, not? Only, only seven? If they're even genuine. That's what I said. Uh -huh. If there were Dead Sea Scrolls. I know. That's a problem. Uh -huh. Everything we talk about, we don't even know if it's real. I'll tell you what gets me. <laughs> Some young shepherds, supposedly boys, yes. one day threw a stones in and heard this clunk as they hit a jar in a cave. Yeah. Uh, now, little boys go into all kind of caves, and, and supposedly for a couple of thousand years, no one had done so. Yeah. That's impossible. Well, there you go. Yeah. Thank you for that, but Alan. These roots were not out the way. See, so, so here I am uh -huh. talking about the fact that they had the Dead Sea Scrolls under lock and key. Yeah. 
for 50 years, and they probably don't even really exist. We, but yeah, they could easily even manufacture anything. Exactly. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's what cutting through the matrix is, isn't it? Yes. You know, you have the perfect um, uh, label, uh, name for your website. Yeah. Uh, and I think you said it's sort of like breaking the spell. Yes. You break the spell that has been cast. Mm-hmm. And that's cutting through the matrix. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this. Uh, this is kind of on the same line. When I was uh, learning about... Uh, the the way they're teaching children to read, look, say, reading, yeah. and uh, and I'm really not off track here, um, off our point. I was talking to Charlotte Isserbeet, and she said I wouldn't. She said this on the air. She said I wouldn't even want my child to learn the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. by uh, look, say, reading. Yeah. And I said I don't understand that. Why? She said there's no transference. Well, I didn't understand that. Then I had Anita Hogan. And Alan, this is when I really got it. She said, when we are really learning something, let's, you know, look at the brain like a tree Mm -hmm. and the brain stem. And when a child begins to learn, all of these synapses are created. Those are the branches, Mm -hmm. the twigs. And each area, for example, science and geography and reading, and those are main branches, mathematics, and then there's all the little twigs. But she says everything's connected. So the child actually can think and reason. Mm -hmm. Now, with look-say reading, they don't have any concept. They, They learn a word, and she said if you can, okay, now picture the brain, with a bunch of dashes in it. Mm-hmm. Nothing is connected. Yeah. There's no connection any place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no ability to reason or think. Yeah. yeah, that's ideal for a population that's going to go through big changes. Yeah. Yes, but why did I go into that? Mm-hmm. I said I'm not off our point. Where were we? Well, things like the Dead Sea Scrolls and how they... Oh, the Matrix. And the Matrix, because, okay. yeah, I mean, I, I looked to where they, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, and now for thousands of years, the same shepherd boys have gone in the same routes. Yeah, right it's, not, it's not like it was a huge, massive country here, you know, like the Sahara or the desert. Um, it's the same general routes, and, and boys explore everything. Right. But we were talking about cutting through the Matrix. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and when we were talking about this on the air... Mm-hmm. My question was, okay, uh, things that have been brainwashed into people, mm-hmm. just these these synapses that have this information in it yeah. that they believe, and I asked you, how, how do you, how would a person become, quote, unbrainwashed? Could those synapses... Uh, be replaced with actual truth, mm-hmm. or would it have to be cross-circuited? And you said, yeah. I think it would have to be cross-circuited, mm-hmm. which made sense to me. Yeah. It has to be a shock. Yes. Uh-huh. And I think that's what cutting through the matrix is, Alan. Yeah, you, you have to. to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this stuff. You know, see, people parrot what they're given to parrot, and Brzezinski said that in his own book. Uh, they give us the topics to, to talk about, and they always have. 
And uh, I, I thought about that one not long ago where NASA claimed it sent off some multi-billion dollar spaceship up into space to collect some space dust, you know, and they, they got something less than one gram or something. And they prattle on about that. No doubt at cocktail parties people prattled on about this nonsense. And they tell it such utter rubbish, you know. And, and most of the data in our lives is just that. It's just data. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's like telling us that they, they send all these shuttles up there to see if spiders can have sex in space, you know. I mean, it's utter tripe. It's tripe. Because that's not the function of those things at all. They're up there putting up satellites that are going to watch you and monitor you and stuff like that. But they give us rubbish on a consistent daily basis. They say that uh, those satellites are so powerful that they could uh, see a mole on your butt. Yeah, they could. Yeah. And, and this is the rubbish they feed us consistently. And that's how it's always been. We're fed nonsense. Utter nonsense. Doesn't it make yeah. me feel creepy sometimes? Uh, uh, sometimes when I'm outside, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, there could be a satellite uh -huh. zeroing in, mm -hmm. and it, it could be like they're 10 yards away. Yes, I know. Uh, you know, whatever you're doing. Uh-huh. And they have so many up there that, that it, it boggles the mind. Oh, yeah, Chuck and I used to sit out on the side deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah at night, you know, and turn out the lights in the house. Yeah. And just because it's beautiful up here and, you know, when there aren't the chemtrails, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. the, the stars are, there's just billions and billions of them. Yes. And we sat there one night and suddenly we saw this star moving. Mm -hmm. And suddenly a piece of, it isn't a star, it's a satellite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we watched that satellite make its little truck. Mm -hmm. And then we kept finding the satellites, Alan. Yeah. They're all over us. Yeah, and that's the ones that you can see, you know. Yeah, that's the ones we could see. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like the latest NASA thing that said, oh, they spent up another multi-billion dollar uh, satellite to, to, tra to start tracking the weather patterns on it, to see how clouds form and how they move. Oh, oh gee, they did this long before they started the chemtrails. <laughs> Because they use those patterns to move the chemicals. But we're fed nonsense on a daily basis. Uh, and it's always been that way. And it's so amazing to me that scientific theories, this is how we're taught in the bottom matrix, everything's theory, which is taught as fact. They keep changing the theories every few years without saying, oops, I guess we were wrong with the last I ones. I told you about the... Uh well, I read an article. In fact, I haven't sent it to Darren yet. Mm -hmm. I read an article, I think, in the Tribune. Uh -huh. I don't think I told you about this. Maybe I did. But it was uh, this article talked about the, the hoax of global warming. Mm -hmm. And it mentioned two Time Magazine articles. One was from 1974. Uh -huh. And the other one was from 2006. Yeah. And in the one in 1974 talked about we were going into an ice age. Mm -hmm. And I had to find that article, so I did a search and doggone it, I found it. Uh -huh. And they were talking about all the terrible weather that we were having there. Yeah. The droughts and the floods and all this unusual weather. Mm -hmm. And it was all because we were about to enter a new ice age. Uh -huh. And then you read Time Magazine, uh, 19... Uh, whatever it was, it was 2006, it was this year, March something, mm -hmm. 
and it says, be worried, be very worried, yeah. and it tells about all the weird, wild weather, mm -hmm. it says it's because of global warming. Yes. And I'm going to send, that's, I, I didn't want to just send an article over there that talked about these articles. Mm -hmm. I found both of them, Alan. And, and that's after, of course, the U.S. Air Force said that they would be able to, to own the weather. We've got that in our weather. We've, yeah, no. Yeah, we've got that. It can't be related, of course. Right. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. But, but like you said, they just keep changing the story. Yeah. And, you know, from 1970-whatever uh -huh. to 2006, well, heck, yeah. people aren't going to remember. That. No, they won't. No. So if you put up both articles, mm -hmm. don't just read an article about those articles, but actually read them. Yeah. You can see the lies. Yeah. You can see the lies. I, I've got both of those articles ready and haven't sent them over to him. Uh -huh. And I need to do that. Yeah. You know, we're just about out of our hour here. Mm -hmm. And so as you would tell our listeners whatever you would like to say. Well, they've got to find themselves and then empty their minds uh, of all the all the refuse and garbage that's been instilled in us and start thinking for themselves. And they'll be surprised what they can come up with. We can all do it, you know, if we, if we want to. Yes, and you know what it takes, Alan? Uh-huh. Quiet time. Quiet time and, and uh, thinking time, yeah. Well, you can't think if you've got a radio blasting. That's right. Yeah, all you're doing is following an agenda. You can't think if the television is blaring. Uh-huh. So the quiet time is the important time mm -hmm. that allows us to get in touch with that part of ourselves. Well, we're using something we're all given, and that's our own brain and mind uh, to think with. It's amazing how we give it away to others to do our thinking for us. Amazing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. Well, it is true, though, that without that quiet, mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to happen. It can't happen. It can't happen. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners who have small children... Who, uh, my children, my grandchildren, they have their own little, you know, boom boxes or whatever. They got headsets, and, and they, you know, when you're traveling, they'll go ahead and put the headsets on so nobody talks to each other. Yep. I say, take them away. Mm -hmm. Explain to the children why I did it with the grandchildren that summer. Mm -hmm. And said, please, just leave it, leave it in here and go out there and just hear the birds. Yeah. And hear God's music. And talk to each other. Talk to each other. Yeah. So, as parents, we have responsibilities for our children. Alan, thank you for tonight. That's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Folks, we'll be back with you Wednesday night. Uh, Darren will be with you Monday and Tuesday. So be sure to tune in. Good night, folks.